Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And today we are talking about Andrew Thomas, which is the most enjoyable player profile projection for me because I can just say all good things and really no bad things and just be hyped for the guy. Six foot five, 320 pounds, franchise left tackle at 24 years old, going into year four, signed a five-year, $117.5 million contract with $67 million guaranteed. Most for an offensive lineman of all time for guaranteed money. Was an all-pro left tackle in 2022. Justin, we have our best player locked up for seven years, and that's an amazing feeling for the Giants, their quarterback, and their fans. You just kind of used this as a little bit of a throwaway line, but my main point to start off is by saying Andrew Thomas is the best player on the New York Giants right now. I think he has been for the last two years. And I don't think enough people really recognize that. I know he's an offensive lineman, but the fact that the Giants have the second most valuable position in the NFL locked down changes what an offense can do. And despite the offense not being great the last two years, has already made the offense a lot better. Andrew Thomas being such a good left tackle has already made the offense a lot better. You, he played all of last season, but you go and look at the games he missed in 2021 and that's when the Giants offense was like inoperable, even with Daniel Jones at quarterback, you know, where, you know, that I remember that first Cowboys game where they put Nate Sawyer left tackle and just getting abused, abused. And then he missed the, the other four games when he went on IR and they just could not do things. I mean, remember, they're just rolling Daniel Jones out play after play versus Carolina. They just weren't able to do things that with him they are allowed to do. And if you look at Daniel Jones success in the NFL, to me, and I've been saying this since that beginning of 2021, it is most correlated tied. to Andrew Thomas more than anything. Yeah. Because if you had a bad left tackle, I don't care how good the coaching is, it would not have mattered. With him there, not just a good left tackle, a dominant all-pro left tackle, his Daniel Jones' success is most, co- most correlated to Andrew Thomas more than any other outside right. player or, or coach. So let me ask you this. What is Thomas doing that has made him so successful? How has he grown grown as a player? And also, I want to add this little tidbit and nugget in there too if you want to touch on it. Is what Thomas is what Thomas is doing and how he's operating like technique-wise different from what you see other tackles in the NFL doing or I know you watch the college game a lot more, what other tackles are being taught in the college game? It is different than what you're be- being taught, you know, growing up in the game. But what it's similar to is what the best tackles in the game are doing, what yeah. the Lane Johnsons, what the Larry Tunzels are doing, because those guys can. And what it starts with is, you know, I want to go through numbers and stuff. But what it starts with is he is confident enough in his speed, his foot speed, and his strength to where he can invite players to bull rush him. He can invite, hey, try and try and go inside on me because my feet are fast and I'm going to close that. I'm going to close that off for you. And it was something funny, you know. As a rookie, he overpunched, right? He overpunched. He would lunge. He'd get his, his shoulders over his knees. And then now, when you watch him, his hands come from wide and and late. Right? What if I called him for years? Like symbol hands, the high school symbols, and they they come wide and late. And it's the circle technique that Andrew Thomas uses. That and it's him. very different from you're conventionally taught to. Punch and we, we were talking to somebody recently about like Pat Flaherty. Pat Flaherty would teach you to punch the and deli- punch and deliver a shock. And Andrew Thomas, that is the opposite of what he does. He has the two, you know, like most coaches teach the two-handed punch, where Tom and Thomas does punch with two hands, but where Thomas like 
does not want to let pass rushers use his own hands against him. Which, right, when you punch, that's when guys are going to swipe at you, they're going to try and work you inside, and they're going to try to get you off balance. Where Thomas has the strength and the speed to allow guys to try and get into his chest, but he also still punches, right? Where he shows that hand, he takes it away, and then he punches. Now, it's not the perfect placement that you want on a punch, but with what he's able to do, it's really a beautiful thing. But it all starts with the foot speed. Though. Yeah. Like it, you know, if you don't have the foot speed or the strength that he does, a circle punch can isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. Where he f- fires out of his stance, like just bah, 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 quick out of his stance, and then the foot speed to mirror any type of move you get, and then the strength to handle uh, most power. Yeah. And I think even just going back to like his draft evaluation and why. I liked him the most and I you know why why I think you liked him the most too is just for how athletic he is like yeah he he was never the, the you know now he's pretty close to perfect but even coming out of Georgia wasn't like the perfect polished tackle prospect a lot but of flaws. he always had that athleticism and that's what that is what is making him elite right now and I go back to that I, like I, there's a clip that I have from that Seahawks game I constantly go back to this clip Saquon had a rushing touchdown where Thomas starts with a double team go, going with the guard, hits hits that hits that defensive lineman, and then blocks the linebacker, moves up to that secondary level. When he moves up to that secondary level, it looks like he's literally levitating, and it's just, bah, just moves right to that secondary level. So fast, so explosive, so effective, and that's in the running game, but his athleticism really just show off the most when he's pass blocking. Yeah, and again, it's just... He gets out of his stance and even did a video of this with Sean O'Hara the other day where he's getting first step, second step, and then that third step, he's kind of reading what the pass rusher is doing. If you see if he's going to show some inside move, he'll kind of stay where he's at. But most of the time, they're going to try and work the corner versus Andrew Thomas. And you're not going to. And he's going to get to that third step. He's going to, uh, you know, not let you get, you know, use his hands against him. And then once he's engaged, it's over. Like once he's engaged with you, it's truly he's over. Gonna he's going to mirror you. Strength yeah. and he has the foot speed to wash you around the corner or stonewall you before you can even get around the corner at 10 or 11 yeah. yards. Last year, he gave up three sacks, which was actually more than the year before. But did he played more, right? Yeah, he yeah. had 100 more pass blocking snaps, three hits and 15 pressures in 2023. So, like, including so 15 pressures, right? Which you can still get big touchdowns. You can still have really good plays. And PFF, on, and this is via PFF, right? Yes. Yeah. So, like, court, sacks and hits, but essentially something not good happens with Andrew Thomas once every 30 pass blocking snaps. That's that's more than a game. Yeah. Like the right. Giants aren't throwing the ball over 30, 30 more times no. a game. That's that's less than one time per game where something bad happened with Andrew Thomas last year. And again, 15, uh, 15 out of the 21 bad things were not – your quarterback wasn't getting touched. Yeah. So were- six times in 17 games, his quarterback got touched because of him. Um, and, you know, and three of those happened – with the flu versus freaking Micah Parsons, who's yeah. like the, he got the flu and he was playing against you know the best the, the top two pass rusher in the NFL and Micah Parsons, which I cannot wait for that week one matchup to see those two guys go at it. Like I think that's going to be must watch TV, especially for the nation. Like to see Andrew Thomas versus Micah Parsons. I know both those guys are ready for that battle. Um, as a as a pass blocker, he's just and he's been like that since. The end of his rookie year. Right, like the but the Giants aren't year, winning, shutting, you know. <laughs> shutting out. And he got all pro last year. But 2021, he was an elite pass blocker. Yeah. Like top of the NFL 
top five left tackle in pass blocking. Now, that year, the run game wasn't as good, um, you know, dealing with an ankle injury. This past year, the run game, to me, improved a lot. Um, now, he's not a dominating force in the run game. Like, you don't see these, like, Trent Williams-type reps. And you talked about that in 2020, where... Was he... Like, you know, you said a dominant force. Was he a dominant force in the run game in 2020? Yeah, and then I, he, what he did is he sacrifices some push to be balanced and sustain blocks better because he fires off with good knee men and posture with no lean. Yeah. Where his rookie year, he would put some lean on some guys and, and move earth. And, it, and I actually would almost like to see him lean a little more, maybe not on those, you know, those single blocks on the outside. But like I said, he comes off good knee bend, uh, uh, good posture, no lean into that game. And again, it's not going to drive guys out of the world, but he sustains those blocks, right? And then when you put him in the move type blocks, whether it's wide zone and, and reaching a linebacker or, or yeah. a line, a defense alignment, a gap down. Yeah, I mean he fires out, he gets to his spot, and he flips his hips. And they've been using him as a puller a lot. Like think um, back to the Vikings game, right? Yeah, they've been using him as a puller a lot, and it's led to some of the big Saquon runs. Have been Andrew Thomas getting out on the edge yeah. and washing guys towards the sideline. And this past year was the first time that I really felt they utilize that kind of stuff and Andrew Thomas leading the way on a lot of those big runs that was a key happening and you still see like the really dominant plays in the run game too when they are working combos to the linebacker when he is working on a down block where he'll just wash a guy out so you still see some of that once he gets that block and sustains it he will you know put some lean on guys but when they put him in those single blocks you know out of shotgun two-point stance he's he's not he's not He's not doing what Trent Williams or Mikai Becton did as a rookie, where he's just moving guys, you know, three gaps down or, or you know, out towards the numbers, where he's just kind of getting on those blocks, he's sustaining them, not letting the uh, the player get off him, and just doing his job and doing it well. Right. Can I give a projection for Andrew Thomas? Like uh, this is you challenged Andrew Thomas last year to be more of a mauler in the run game and, and start, you know, go, get back to those t- kind of 2020 trends of you like dominating the run game. And, you know, he, he didn't necessarily be like a mauler and be like a Trent Williams, Mekhi Becton drive guys down the field, but he was fantastic as a run blocker last year. So that was like your challenge to AT last year. I'm going to give my challenge to AT. Next step for Andrew Thomas. There were seven games, and this is with true pass sets and true pass sets, Bobby. Seven games where he did not allow a pressure. None of those games were against NFC East teams. I want to see some zeros with pressures, hits, sacks. I want to see some zeros next to some NFC East teams. If that's like the biggest goal of the Giants this year is to get better in division, take a, take a week one against the Cowboys, sweep the Commanders, challenge the Eagles, maybe not even beat them. Andrew Thomas locking down some pretty talented pass rushers on all three of those teams is a key. And I'm confident that can happen. And you look at like true pass sets too, like and you know pass rush offenses, uh, pass, pass 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 blocking efficiency, which yeah. measures sacks, hits, and and pressures by snap. Which was a knock on him earlier in the season by some saying, "Well, they run this play action stuff. They pretend they're not it. throwing the ball enough." In reality, it was because of left guard to right tackle because like hey, they, that's where the double teams were coming, and they were still letting Thomas do what the main things. But the teams have to account for play action. But just true passes were a straight drop back. You're not giving help with a running back or a tight end. The only left tackle that was better in the NFL was Larry Tunsil. Yeah. 
and Trent Williams. Sorry, Trent Williams and Laramie Tunsil. Who I even I thought I actually do think Laramie Tunsil last year was a better left tackle, and then Trent Williams obviously is. But the only like he was six in the NFL. The only guys ahead of him were Tr- Tristan Wirfs and Lane Johnson were top two. Um, which you know, playing right tackle helps a lot with not giving up uh, sacks and yep. hits because the quarterback sees it coming at him. Um, and we know worse is moving to moving to left tackle. But yeah, I mean, this is we're, this, and then we're talking about a guy who was in his third year. Like he's still getting better. Like he talked about identifying weaknesses in his game is because he does invite the bullrush. Like I want to get my upper body strength better because I don't even want to give up. A, I don't want even want to give an imp inch when a, a guy does see that I'm inviting the bullrush and bullrush. Love it. Um, very open and candid to talking about that stuff too which yeah. is super cool and i think he's like he's going to improve more i think he's yeah. going to get better and stronger in the run game like we talked about how he sustains some uh, he sacrifices some push to sustain blocks well with that upper body strength that means a stronger punch which is going to help to displace ends in the run game so i'm excited to see him for basically at minimum seven more years you know like yeah. and that's like that's Amazing! Like think about it, all the offensive line issues that the Giants have had and still do have, and it's like well, left tackle is not going to be one. Right, second most long, important long position in the game of football. Yeah, it's not going to be one for a long, long time. Why don't you talk to us about Manscape? And I'll talk to you about Manscape. They're bringing you this awesome PPP that we have today. Andrew Thomas and Kayvon Thibodeau. We're going to talk about him next. Some may say that those two players together are a platinum package. And Manscaped, great news, they have a platinum package of their own. The the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0. It's a one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. They designed this package to fully align your entire hygiene routine with elite products. Give me these products now like Andrew Thomas got his awards now. The Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Racker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Ultra ultra Premium Body Wash 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, Deodorant, and so much more. There's also a razor as well. Um, a A mechanical one. What is the word for that? An electric razor. An electric razor. Thank you. The Platinum Package 4.0, they cover all the bases from head to toe and hair to ball fro. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use promo code GIANTS. Bobby Skinner, you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk about Kayvon Thibodeau, 6'5", 250 pounds, and 22 years old. Entering year two after being picked fifth overall in the first pick of the Joe Shane era. Didn't play the first two games last year with the MCL sprain, uh, that was suffered in the preseason. Justin Kavon had a streaky season in general. Yeah. Like he had two game-changing strip sacks versus the Ravens and the Commanders, but he also had games where he was just totally shut out of. And that's the challenge for Kavon this year, number two. Like I don't think we need to have full-on expectations of like best top, you know, top pass rusher in the league. Like I'd like that, and eventually he needs to be in that category. But for this year. I don't want to have games where Kayvon shut out. I want him to be weak, being disruptive on a weekend, week out basis. Yeah, there was a point during the season last year before we got to that Washington game, and I think before we got to the Cowboys Thanksgiving game too, because the Cowboys Thanksgiving game is the game that people talk about the the strip sack moment, but it's the Cowboys Thanksgiving game where he just whipped Tyler Smith's ass for four quarters. That's the game that stands out to me the most and impresses me the most. Um, but neither here nor there before that we were talking about hey man like disappearing act and not even like criticizing for a lack of sacks but we weren't really hitting the quarterback we weren't getting pressures and I do think the injury last year did throw off the pace of his year and if you do look at 
the last six games of the year, it was pretty good. And I and I will talk about and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But yeah, I'm glad that Kayvon had his big moments in big moments for the team. And in a way that saved that saved his rookie season. Yeah, primetime likes Kayvon. And it's true that like his best moments did happen on primetime. He had a really good game versus Green Bay in that London game. Yeah. The Commanders game and the Cowboys game. We did see the best of him. So last year he had thirty four tackles, four sacks, eleven hits, and twenty five pressures. Uh so he was a good pa- he was a solid NFL pass rusher last year. He was thirty seventh in the NFL in win rate at nine point five percent, forty first in pass rush uh, productivity, um, but he was also fourth in his rookie class for both those categories. And I would have liked to see him be at second. Like I didn't I didn't have expectations for being better at Aiden at those. And he's cl- and he's close too. It's not like those guys are far off. Um, but I, I wanted to see him be second in the class after Aiden. Um, Justin, as a player, he's got the speed and get off to really test and pressure offensive tackles. So that's obviously a prerequisite that you need. I just, he just, to me, I think he's got to put it all together and be a little less segmented versus better offensive tackles. Like he's good using hand fight versus offensive tackles with bad hands and usage, right? Like he's good. Like, hey, we talked about with Thomas about guys using their hands against him. With those guys that put their punch out and maybe don't time it perfectly, he's good at getting those hands off him and getting around the corner. And guys who overset, he's good at working outside in a lot. But I think there's so much more to be put there together for Kayvon to hit the ceiling that he has. And honestly, I'm expecting him to get to that at some point. Yeah. Right? Like that. that's – he was drafted fifth overall. We're not talking about a third round pick. What the like the expectations for Kayvon are to be great eventually, and but this year, this year I'm not asking for greatness out of Kayvon. I'm asking for him to be disruptive on a week in week out basis. Yeah, and last year Kayvon Thibodeau had two of the fastest sacks in the NFL. I believe one of them was the Washington home game where he came in as a, an untu- it was an untouched sack. Yes, but the other one. And week 15 was the Sunday night football game, correct? Yeah, and that was getting hands off, like swiping hands off, bending the corner, getting around the corner. And Two and a half seconds. That was a legit pass rush move where it was a 1v1, you got to beat your man in front of you. And Kayvon Thibodeau in two and a half seconds went from snap, QB hit, ball, touchdown. Like those are the plays that you look at Kayvon Thibodeau and be like, yeah, man, like this is what you can do. You looked at that Dallas game where again, I like I made the compilation of all the plays where he just kicked ass. And it's like a minute and a half, a two minute video of Kayvon Thibodeau doing what he does. And that was the best game that he had all season, those two games. And he flashed it and he showed it. And that's what I, I kind of just have there for like expectations for Kayvon this year. I need him to win more. I need him to win, make plays, get sacks, have an impact on the game. Where even if we're looking at the looking at the, the you know the his end end of season line, and we're like, oh, we're not thrilled with ten sacks, you know, twenty five plus QB hits. At least if we're looking back on the season, like Kayvon Thibodeau had an impact on a win in this game, I will take that. Yeah, and you see, like he's. You mentioned the that commander sack. We can't. We're not expecting. Hey, every game you have no a sack to have like a that. sack in two and a half you, seconds. You know what you should have? You should have wins like that. Yes, a, a few times in every single yes. game. You know, like I said, not and in the Wink Martindale system, I'm not expecting ten sacks from him. No one's done it in, in a Wink Martindale system. Um, you know, Matthew Judon, who's like you know one of the best sack getters in the NFL, never got it in and Wink Martindale system. Um, so that's what I want to see. So 
like I want I want him one. I want to see him bend the edge a little more. Yeah. Right? Because there's times where he gets to the corner, but he doesn't finish. I want to see him bend the edge more. Hasn't done a and lot in camp. He loves to do the outside and rip, right? And that's where he kicked Tyler Smith's ass in that Thanksgiving He's been game. doing that a lot in camp. But here's the thing is you can – tackles are essentially allowed to hold against that move, which is a crazy rule when you look at it. What I want to see him do is when he gets a tackle to overset and he works inside, not – go use the rip. Attack the inside shoulder. Use your strength. Get the get on that inside shoulder. Don't allow him to hold you because if you do this rip move through, they're able to like kind of stick with you on that and and hold you. Where if you get, if you win that battle, which he does, you saw it in a one on one versus Penne Sewell, but Penne Sewell, uh, you know, rebounded re- well, recovered yeah. is. What those tackles are taught to do when you get that outside inside move is to punch with that inside hand. Well, guess what? Beat them to the punch to that. Go after that hand, and I know Kayvon has all the ability in the world to do it. I've seen him do it. Attack that hand, that arm. Attack that inside shoulder and get those guys off balance. And I think if he starts to do that, then we have a deadly pass rusher on our hand because we know he's got the speed to work hands and, and do that more consistently. I do I fully expect that. But if he knows to when to work outside in and to not just go for that rip move, but to actually, you know, go you know, use these guys' yeah. hands against him, that's where we can get a killer on our hands yeah. for as a pass rusher. Yeah. So we did talk about how there were some games last year where, you know, this was towards the middle stretch where Kayvon did a little bit of a disappearing act, but his final six games of the year. This includes the Dallas game, where there was a lot of pressures and there was a lot of QB hits. But even at, but even after that Dallas game, there was some good stuff in there with some pressure, some QB hits, and 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 sacks. So after the so including the Dallas game, Kayvon's final six games of the year, eleven of his eighteen pressures came in those games. Eight of his eleven QB hits came in those games. Three of his four sacks came in this came in those six games all came in the final six games um i'm not like let's just say if Kayvon's first six games of the year is a stat line of 11 pressures eight qb hits and three sacks i'm not thrilled with the advanced numbers but i'm also not pissed off through what how many games if Kayvon through the first six games of this year finishes how he finished last year 11 pressures eight qb hits and three sacks i'm not thrilled with those advanced numbers but i'm also not like pissed off no that's that's good and, and again he bit like he, like you said he got better throughout the season build on that where now when you are facing bad offensive tackles as a pass rusher you don't just win you dominate them and when you're facing good offensive tackles i'm not expecting him to go out there and kick their ass but i am expecting him to have a few uh wins in those games um want to talk about him as a run defender i i would like that this is where i can see the most improvement out of cave on because you see it in him like to me, he was an inconsistent edge setter where, like you said, you see some really good plays. And especially when they'd line, have a tight end lineup on him, he saw that as a moment to eat, and he would kick, he would, he would, he would dominate them. And he had tackles for a loss, like that Commanders game. I thought he had a better run game, defense game in that game than even a pass rush game. So he will, he will squeeze down that edge. But you also saw him not squeeze down the edge consistently versus offensive tackles. That's where I think, one, the Giants' run defense can improve a lot, but Kayvon can improve to be a tackles for a loss guy because if he's setting the edge really well, that means tackles are going to be trying to fire out and being a little over-aggressive to get out there to make sure they don't get squeezed down, and that's going to lead to him taking advantage with his speed, with his hand quickness of head-heavy offensive tackles and leading to tackles for a loss, being able to work inside on guys and have and embarrass tackles in the run game. So just... 
I think it's in there. So one, he you know getting stronger at from as just an yeah. NFL player from year one to year two, but just putting more an emphasis to being more consistent as an edge setter in the NFL. Yeah, Wink Martindale, um, he was on a Giants huddle interview this past spring, and he said I you know basically directly told Kayvon that he should develop more leg and core strength, and I don't think that's necessarily. It, it will help with rushing the passer, but I think that's ultimately a correlated to let's set an edge. Let's set a better edge this year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, anything else? No. Um, I'm rooting for Kayvon Thibodeau. I want him to have more good moments, and I want him to let's, – let's start to see why we took you in the – what was he? He was the fifth overall pick. Fifth overall pick. Top five pick in the NFL draft. Let's start to see it, babe. Absolutely. All right, we will see you guys on the next one. Until then, let's go Big Blue.